This is the Decision Masters Podcast. I'm Kirsten Parker, the decision coach for overthinkers. When you feel good about your decisions, life feels good. You get to be present in your days and excited about where you're going. I'm going to help you build your decision mastery so it's easy to know what you want, navigate uncertainty, and handle any feelings that happen. Whether you're in the middle of some overthinking angst right now, or you simply love feeling in charge of your choices, you're in the right place. Clear, confident decisions are right around the corner. Let's get into it. Hello, hello. Are you ready to talk decision fatigue solutions? Because I am. I'm going to give you today a shortcut menu to choose from. All right, I want you to think of this as like you're coming to the restaurant with some things making your days harder, making your decisions too effortful. And I want you to think about choosing from this menu of shortcuts for things to try one at a time. Just pick one to start, but things to try to make your everyday easier and lower your baseline decision fatigue overall. Last week, we broke down why decision fatigue happens in the first place. So go listen to that if you haven't already. So you can really feel like you understand this monster we're conquering, this thing that we're taking on. And what we're going to do today is get into the practical solutions of how do we just stop living in so much freaking decision fatigue? So you might have heard this story about how President Obama, during his presidency, cut down decision fatigue by wearing the same thing every day. In order to save his mental energy for better things, He just made one blanket decision. I'm going to wear this and I'm not going to rethink it every single day. I think this is an example that is super effective and gets used a lot, but it's not entirely mimicable. Not all of us are going to like throw out our entire closets anytime soon just so that we can have less decisions to make. And that's kind of what we talked about last week. What we learned was that it's not just as simple as make less choices and you'll be less fatigued. People like us want to make decisions. We kind of love it. We make whole podcasts about it and we listen to them in our free time. (laughs) We want to have thriving careers and rich relationships and meaningful experiences. So at least for me personally, the idea of just pare down on the decisions you make overall, it's not really appealing at face value, even if it is for the sake of feeling better. So today's conversation is presented from the perspective that You don't want to just make your life as boring and simple as possible so you have less decisions to make, so your brain is working less hard. You want to work smarter, not harder, but you still want to have variety in your wardrobe. (laughs) Then we're going to make some room for that. So again, there are options on this menu, and some of them are going to be more applicable and helpful to your situation right now than others. They might all be helpful, but you might need to try them one at a time to really start getting good at this new way of thinking. And P.S., this is why I'm doing a free event centered all around decision fatigue coaching coming up because we do want to tailor solutions to your specific situation. That's how we create the shortest, straightest line to different results. You feeling better. So if you're listening real time, you can sign up for this event at kirstenparker.com forward slash decision fatigue sucks. And if you're not listening real time, I have a feeling this is going to turn into something that you can still access in the future because this is just such a big, big problem that we need to solve. So you can still go to that webpage. I promise I will have something there for you. Okay. 
kirstenparker.com forward slash decision fatigue sucks. So let's get into our solutions. Mm, yeah. Based on last week's episode, you already have some shortcuts that you can employ in your everyday life off the bat that will make it easier to feel mentally energized. One of those things is just remembering that you're a human animal. You're using up glucose with every effortful decision and with every exertion of self-control. So to reduce decision fatigue, we have to pay attention to how energized we are. And we have to renew our energy on purpose. So just making sure that you are taking on the biggest decisions of your day earlier in the day or when you have eaten as opposed to at the very end of the day or when you haven't eaten for 10 hours, automatically that will make decisions easier. So that's what we talked about last week. You're going to make it harder on yourself to make good decisions with ease if you have no fuel in your body tank, all right? We also talked about exercising the agency that you have to decide when you want a decision to take a lot of mental energy or not. Something that we talked about was cognitive load, which I still giggle at. I'm not going to stop. Paying attention to how cognitively busy you are. How hard are you making your brain work for certain decisions? So again, just off the bat, paying attention to how hard do I want this decision to be? How long do I want this decision to take? Super, super empowering to know that, okay, today's lunch order, it might actually feel really hard, but I don't want it to take a long time. Today's outfit, picking this, I don't know, gift for the baby shower, I don't want it to be hard. Just knowing that can help empower you to not burn a bunch of mental energy on a decision that you don't want to be really hard. So now we're going to get into the actual shortcut menu of solutions. So this is what you can do a little more strategically based on what issues you're experiencing, okay? So scenario number one, if you are repeatedly drained or challenged or busied by decisions like what to do for dinner, how to keep the house clean, when you're seeing friends or family, your solution is have a decision session. You can also think of this as decision batching. So what this means is, you're going to get into an intentional energy. You got to be in a good headspace, feeling pretty capable, pretty resourced. And from that mindset, from that place, you're going to have a decision session where you just decide, okay, when are we seeing the family? Or you batch a series of decisions and you make all of those decisions together for the sake of not having to deal with this problem coming up every single time it comes up in the moment. Examples, invest some time in making all the dinner decisions for the week on Sunday. So it's going to take more work up front, but you're going to free up that nightly time and bandwidth. You can invest money in paying for a cleaning service once a month. You can make that decision, have a decision session, run your numbers, decide what's it worth, what do I want to pay for it, why is it important, and you get the return of this problem being solved long term. You can invest some energy in organizing your social calendar or your family calendar for the month. So it's not a constant question to be dealt with every other single day, okay? Scenario number two, if you are overwhelmed by options, so you're planning an event or a vacation or building a new project or driving anything creative forward, your solution 
is to pick the theme. This is when you make an overarching decision that puts parameters on otherwise endless options, and it helps you tune into what you want. Examples of this would be making a decision that you're only going to cater with local vendors, okay? So whatever we do, we're just going to put those parameters on the things that we do consider. You can decide we are going for a mid-century modern look, literally picking the decorating theme to put some parameters around your options. You can decide I'm using this template for PowerPoint. That's going to make all of my font choices easier, all of my color scheme easier, You can pick the theme for what kind of vacation are we doing? We're going to do a fun activity beach vacation. This can be a struggle sometimes because it feels very final to take that step to make a decision. This is where I like to remind people that the Latin root of the word decide means to cut off. We got to cut off some options in order to move ourselves forward. So if there are too many options, your solution is pick a theme. Scenario number three. If you are not as confident or fast or efficient with decisions as you want to be because of how many people are involved in them, your solution is making an executive decision. This is the bold decision that you do not need anyone's input on something. Amazing examples of this are deciding this is how the laundry is getting sorted, period. No feedback required. Thank you. Deciding this is where we're staying on the vacation. Deciding this is the art I'm putting up in my office. We can get into really comfortable habits of asking people's permission for stuff, asking people's thoughts on our plans, asking people's opinions of our choices, sometimes after we've already made them. So we open the choice back up because now we're like, well, what do you think? So I really want you to soak this idea of an executive decision in. Know that it's on the menu. You can decide at any point you want to, you're in charge, that the choice that's taken up bandwidth and time that you don't feel as confident or efficient with as you want to, you can decide, you know what, I'm going to make this an executive decision. I'm going to decide that I'm the CEO of this choice and I get to be in charge of it and uh, that's it, the end. It's going to feel amazing. Okay, scenario number four, if you are worried that nothing is going to get done, or you're frustrated that nothing is getting done fast enough, your solution is set up a decision schedule. It's kind of like having a decision session, but you're not actually making the decision. You're deciding when is this going to get made or when does it need to get made by. Sometimes we just need a deadline to make things happen. Have you and I talked already about Parkinson's law? The phenomena that work expands to fill the time it's given? something that I wish I knew about in my 20s. I was like, oh, that's why everything took so long. (laughs) Decisions will take as long as we let them take. And that's not calling anybody out. It's not saying you're a problem. It's just really being honest that sometimes deadlines are super, super helpful, even if they feel a little bit forced, even if they feel a little bit uncomfortable. You get to be in charge of what's most important, that this decision take all the time it needs Sometimes that's true. I find that it's actually really rare, but sometimes it's true. If you're on the lookout for some perfect, I don't know, thing to put on the blank spot on your wall, and you are okay if that remains empty for the rest of time until the moment that you find the perfect thing, hey, have at it. Let that decision take as long as it's going to take. If that's not what you want, set up a decision schedule. So this means setting a deadline. Sometimes it means scheduling in time 
to actually work through the decision. Sometimes this means knowing how long you want a decision to take. And sometimes it means clarifying expectations with other people involved so everyone's on the same page about the time frame of a decision. Okay, so some examples of this would be deciding, I literally had this conversation with a client recently, the kids' summer activities are going to be set by May 20th. Okay, that's not my client's real life. I'm not like spilling their secrets. I'm just using this as an example. It's a made-up date. But if you know, I want to have this decision made by then, that lets you retrofit a plan for this whole decision process. That means, oh, I get to look at, okay, well, that's actually only like six weeks from now. All right. Well, we're out of town here and we're crazy busy with work here and -and so-and-so has this then. So how much time do we actually have to give this decision? Well, if I want it done by then, I have this weekend and I have that one weekend over there. That's really good to know. Another example would be deciding with a partner in this decision that you're making, if it involves another person, deciding when are we going to sit down and talk about this? Because a deadline is only helpful if you're actually going to sit down and decide the thing. And this is another easy trap to fall in, right? We can say, I want this done by that date. And then we like just go about our regular business until we we arrive at that date. And we're like, what? The decision didn't get made. What the heck? So sometimes you've got to put it in your schedule or make an agreement, verbal, written, whatever. When are we actually talking through it? When am I going to think through it? Another example is just deciding. I don't want this decision to take more than one week. You can just decide. I don't actually know when I can work on it or how long it could take or it's going to take, but I don't want it to go past this weekend. That's really good to know too. Okay, scenario number five. If you're wasting time or energy, I know I've never done this personally, but I hear that it happens, wink. If you're wasting time or energy because you keep backtracking or second guessing or undoing decisions and considering redoing them, looking into alternatives, getting distracted, getting a little bit perfectionistic. So if that, any of that stuff is wasting your time and energy, the solution is making a one-time decision. This is also known around the block as a decision in advance or a closed decision. This is a choice that you're making in full mental awareness that is officially not up for negotiation. I think of this personally a lot of the time as putting bowling bumpers up. When you know, okay, what's most important is getting down the lane. It's getting where you're going. It's getting the thing done. It's getting out of target. (laughs) Sometimes we need those mental bowling bumpers. So here's some examples of a one-time decision. Let's use target as an example. You can decide in advance exactly what you're going into target for or exactly what you're signing on to Amazon to get. And you can empower yourself. I know you can do it to not waver from that decision. I have literally had to repeat this for myself out loud because you know I talk to myself all day long out in public and I'm, I'm not sorry about it. But it really helps. It helps me have my bowling bumpers on and say, we're here for soap. We're here for soap. We're here for soap. And then you get out and you haven't wasted time or energy considering all of the options that you never even knew you wanted to consider until they were right there in front of you. Another example is decide how you're tracking expenses with your partner and then do that. So if you're going to have regular money meetings, talk about money. 
in them. Do not use those meetings to talk about if the way you're doing it is working or not, how you feel about it. I mean, I use a very specific example of tracking expenses and money meetings, but you can use this with anything. Decide what you're doing and then commit to doing it rather than evaluating it, which is what we're going to talk about next. Decide. This is a good one. This is how I'm going to respond to invites to things that I don't want to go to. I had a client once who made this brilliant one-time decision because she knew herself and she didn't love baby showers. She's just like, I don't ever enjoy them. I've tried. I've tried like 13 times and uh, the results are in. Folks, don't enjoy them. Don't like them. So she made a one-time decision that I'm not going to go to baby showers anymore. Instead, she decided, here's how I'm going to respond to invites to baby showers. Like a super polite decline. And then I'm going to ask, can I take the mom-to-be out for a one-on-one celebratory lunch? Done. Beautiful. Okay, and then scenario number six. If you are too anxious about things not working well enough, again, something I have zero personal experience with, but if your time, energy, bandwidth is being consumed by anxiety about just how things are going, Your solution is decide when to evaluate. Evaluating as we implement is rarely, if ever, effective or efficient. So we're not going to do it anymore. You want to know what mode you're in. If we're in implementation mode, my clients and I talk about this in terms of experimenting all the time, which is really lovely. Letting yourself be in the experiment of carrying out a decision, going all the way through it giving it your best effort, seeing what happens. It's a really delicious way to experience your life because you get to live your life. It's not the meta version of life that we can just like all be guilty of sometimes because we're humans and like here we are. But that living in evaluation mode of life where you're you're in it and you're doing it, but you're evaluating at the same time and you're you're trying to figure out, is this working? Is this the best thing? Should I be doing something different? It's exhausting and it's not effective. And it takes you out of the present moment. So if that's what's happening, you're going to make a decision about when to evaluate. And you're either going to use a date or a time frame or some other very specific metric. So you know when is it okay to leave implementation mode and go into evaluation. All right. Examples would be, I'm going to try out this method for doing X right now. And once I've tried it 30 times, I'm going to evaluate. An example would be, we're going to do every other week calls with the family during April. And then we're going to see how we feel that went afterwards. You could commit, I'm doing this workout plan right now, and I'm not going to change it until I've put 30 days in and I see how I feel. Or I've gone to four classes or but but but. The metric is not as important as the fact that you know what the metric is. Does that make sense? So there's your shortcut menu. I've laid this all out in the show notes so that you can have it to like look at in words because I know we said a lot, but I'm going to recap really quickly. And remember, you're probably going to have the best success with this if you try these out one at a time. What the goal is, is for you to like carry this shortcut menu around in your back pocket, just in your everyday human life so that you can spot when these scenarios of decision fatigue are kind of creeping into your normal everyday life. Oh, I'm involving too many people in my decisions, or I'm getting overwhelmed by options, or I'm getting too distracted and it's pulling me off course. 
We want you to be able to have an awareness of that and then know, oh, I have a solution for this. Let me just pick it off the menu. But to start, it's probably going to be easiest for you to just hone in on one thing that you want to try this week. Just pick one. And then I want you to sign up for the event that we're doing that's free decision fatigue coaching so that we can really find some customized, tailored solutions, some bespoke solutions, if you will, for your unique life situation right now. So sign up for that for free at kirstenparker.com forward slash decision fatigue sucks. And again, if you're not listening to this real time, go there anyway. I guarantee something amazing is waiting for you. So let's recap. Here are your options to choose from to lower decision fatigue overall in your life. Have a decision session. Invest some resources up front to make some decisions for the return of more ease later. Pick a theme. Make an overarching decision that puts parameters around the options that you consider. Make an executive decision. Decide that yours is the only opinion that you need and Bob's your uncle. Decision done. Set up a decision schedule. So either a time frame or a deadline or literal time on the books when you are going to move this decision forward and then when you're going to get it done by. Make a one-time decision or a decision in advance. Practice putting the bowling bumpers up, making a decision and then committing to it and then staying committed to it. And decide when to evaluate. Make it easy for you to know when am I implementing and when am I evaluating and make those not the same time. Okay, I hope this is helpful. I really want to hear if you try any of this or if any of these ideas pinged for you like, whoop, I definitely am running into this problem all of the time. Here's a solution I'm going to try. So let me know. I would love if you rated and reviewed the podcast if you find it helpful. You can also email me at coaching at kirstenparker.com and tell me if something super, super helped you out. It's so amazing to hear when these ideas are helpful. And if it is helpful and you want more direct, more immediate, more impactful help, definitely come to the event. Sign up at kirstenparker.com forward slash decision fatigue sucks. I'll see you there. Hey there, quick question. How easy does it feel to say no to requests or invites that you really don't want to agree to? Mm, not so much. If you find yourself saying yes to things you don't want to do over and over or putting yourself through agony just to get to a no and then feeling super guilty and maybe even doing it anyway, you're going to love the crash course on how to say no. You can get it for free right now at kirstenparker.com forward slash say no. You'll get a complete PDF workbook with two whole pages of example sentences at the end, literally how to say no to requests and invites and an 11 minute crash course video training that simplifies the whole overwhelming shenanigans of saying no so you can do it without being a terrible person, ruining a relationship, or ending up doing the thing anyway. Go get it now at kirstenparker.com forward slash say no. Enjoy! Enjoy!